I think a lot of people may be seeking God in terms of thinking like a pursuit. God is way out there somewhere, and I'm just chasing God. Boogity, 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 boogity. Will you understand this, please? We don't chase God. God chases us, which behooves us to stop whatever we're running after. That fell on the screen a while ago was chasing some filthy lucre, but it, it, it behooves us to stop chasing whatever it is we're chasing. Stop, turn around, and engage the embrace. I'm Terry Knighton, the pastor here at New Life Community Church, and I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments around the Word of God. We're going to begin a brand new teaching series tonight. It deals with the issue of how to find God's direction for your life. In fact, we've titled this, Which Way Should We Go? or Which Way Should I Go? Do you have difficulty figuring that out from day to day? Perhaps you're just doing your own thing, but if you're interested in doing kingdom-building work, doing the things of God, perhaps a question that comes up is, how do I discover what God's specific plan is for my life, and how do I pursue that? Where do I get the energy and the strength and the influence and the wisdom to do that. Well, that's what we're going to seek to ask and answer, and we trust that you would stick with us. On this first teaching, we're going to jump in right smack dab in the middle of it. We had a little technical glitch, so the first part of the introduction to the message uh, wasn't taped, so we're just going to kind of jump right on into it. Our text passage for this particular teaching is found in Acts chapter 16. It's one of my favorite passages because we find Paul on a missionary journey with a team, and they're headed in one direction, and God wanted them to go in another direction. There was also a debate among some of the team in terms of the way things should be pursued. I wonder if you ever engage any of that activity in the local church, a debate among the brothers and sisters about the direction you should go. Well, what do we do when those occasions arise? Well, I'm not going to read from the text right now. I want to give to you a couple of other verses that we're going to be looking at toward the end of the message. One is found in Matthew chapter 6. And listen to this. Matthew chapter 6, in verse number 33, the record puts it this way. But seek first His kingdom, God's kingdom, and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Also, I want to dip back over into the Old Testament book of Psalms. Psalms 105 and verse number 4. And here's what it says. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. That means always in the sense of time and always in terms of our effort. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast. 
whether they turned it on on purpose or just stumbled upon us at some time during the day, whether live or later on, I pray that your eternal word would speak to their heart. Lord, help us to know and understand how we can hear from you, what we need to hear from you, and how we can pursue a lifestyle of holiness as we're led by your Spirit. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up and perhaps tell you about a couple of things going on right here at New Life. God bless. For yesterday, we can become so fixated on what we've been doing that we fail to hear from God regarding our next steps. Put that on number three, if you would, please. Now listen, that might take us into some unexplored territory. Some unexplored territory. Now, I'm going to pause right there and insert one of my famous parentheses. You veterans know that I will close that parenthesis here in just a few minutes, and it will make sense when I get through, I trust. But uh, here we go. As a rule, human beings, as opposed to pinto beans, <laughs> human beings have a difficult time accepting change. Can I get an amen right there? Especially spiritual change or change pertaining to or regarding our, watch this, our spiritual habits or perhaps I should say our calling, our place among the body of Christ, among the church. Now, I was perusing one of my favorite periodicals this week, the Harvard Business Review, Actually, I found this article online. It's written by, it comes from the, the pen of Miss Rosabeth Cantor, titled, Ten Reasons People Resist Change. See if you resemble any of these remarks. Number one, change interferes with autonomy and can make people feel that they've lost control over their territory. Listen, beloved, you are not in control. Who's in control? God's in control. Don't you hate it when the preacher reminds you of that? Probably no more than the preacher hates being reminded of that. We're not in control. God is in control. Secondly, people will often prefer to remain mired in misery than to head toward an unknown talking about resisting change. Number three, decisions imposed on people suddenly with no time to get used to the idea or prepare for the consequences are generally re resisted. We are creatures of habit. I am. Routine becomes or routines become automatic. That's why they're routines. But change jolts us into consciousness sometimes in uncomfortable ways. Fifthly, change is a departure from the past. Watch this, a past that may reflect a lot of personal work where we're tempted to look back and saying, I did that. I want to embrace that. I want to put that up on a pedestal. I can't leave that. 
Number six, talking about change, it prompts us to ask, can I do this? I know how to do that, but can I do this? Can I do this new thing? Change is resisted when it makes people feel, this her words, not mine, when it makes people feel stupid. Number seven, change is indeed more work. Change creates ripples, reaching distant spots in ever-widening circles. The ripples disrupt the ghost of the past. The ghost of the past are always lying in wait to haunt us. Ghosts like past failures. You ever deal with any of those ghosts? Lastly, the change is resisted because it can hurt. As an example, when new technologies displace old ones, jobs can be lost. Have you found yourself in the Kroger lately, as my mom would say, in the Kroger, and you get ready to pay some human being for your food and realize there's no human being there? There's a machine wanting to take your duckies? Are you with me? <laughs> Change is resisted because it can hurt, displace some things. Jobs can be lost. Investments can be wiped out. And I could go on and on and on. But that's the top ten for this morning. I took you there to tell you this. That's the end of my little parentheses. I believe and I have preached to you for some 26 years now that God has a plan and a purpose for our, for your life. Let me see your eyeballs. I believe this with every fiber of my being that God has a purpose and plan for your life. You may not even believe that yet, but I believe it enough for both of us. Stay tuned. Why do I believe that? Because I believe the Bible. And what does the Bible teach us? Jeremiah says it this way. He's one of those prophets that Revelation was talking about earlier. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you. Isn't that comforting? God Almighty, the sovereign God of creation, says to you, anyone who will read it and believe it, I know the plans I have for you. That tells me, among a number of other things, that God has a plan for us. I know the plans I have, declares the Lord. Now, people want to dicker around with this and change words and all this stuff and change labels nowadays. So I did a little research on my own. The original word, the original Hebrew word for thoughts has some different or slight variations. One of them is designs. In other words, God's saying, I know the designs I have for you. How many of you know these bodies are designed? Isn't it amazing? We have a... Uh, we have show and tell this morning. We've got uh, Gabe and Elsa's brand new little baby here this morning. Can you hold him up or hold her up and show her? No, no, I'm just kidding. No, that would be a, a major no, no. We've got a, got a little baby. And the, the, one of the neat little things about that baby is that baby come out looking like a baby, not like a zebra. How many of you know there's a design there? Despite the fact that Gabe is the daddy, that baby come out looking like a baby. No, I'm kidding, buddy. Congratulations. It's good to see you fellas here with that precious one. I'm looking forward to a squeeze. There's a design. Have you ever looked at a 
What do you call those trees? What are those trees we have out here, Jennifer? Crepe myrtles. Isn't that the coolest tree ever? Every other day, the dumb thing changes colors. It's wonderful. It's a design. It's a year-long tree. Every season, you get something different. There's a design. God says, I know the design I have. God did not just wake up one morning and say, Jesus, what is that in the yard down there at New Life Community Church? Is that a crepe myrtle? There's a design. Also, the word purposes is a variant. I know the purposes I have for you. And one that seems to have made its way into the modern translations, the modern uh, paraphrases even, is the word thoughts. God says, I know the thoughts I have for you. That warms my heart. When I pause this morning and I realize I'm Terry Knighton from Satspahal, and God Almighty says that I know the thoughts I have for you, and I'm like, you mean God has thoughts about me? He does, and you too. I know the thoughts. Watch this, number four on your study notes. I've got to hasten. I'm dragging too much here. God's thoughts are his plans. God's thoughts are his plans. Did you know that the sovereign God doesn't just sit around heaven all day daydreaming? When he has thoughts, they develop into an action plan. Try that on for size. Plan. Now, here's the question. I want to try to end with this this morning. And uh, I meant to tell you earlier, this part one is foundational for what I really want to tell you next week. So this is a teaser, if you please. But I want you to catch this. What is God's plan for humanity? What is God's plan for humanity? First of all, it's your salvation. It's not God's will that any, any, any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants you born again, filled with His Spirit, an assurance in your soul that you are on your way to His heaven. That's God's will for your life. But is that it? Preacher, you preachers are talking about this saved business all the time. You're talking about heaven all the time. But what about the stinking now and now? Are we just born again? We have this some kind of experience and then we resume a lifestyle for all intents and purposes that favors the lifestyle that we were saved from? I have the answer to that. And if you're wondering, wow, how did Terry Knighton from Saspahal come up with these great answers well I didn't God's word contains these answers that's why I encourage you to read God's word as opposed to being a functional atheist read God's word listen to Matthew 6 and 33 this verse has guided me since I said yes to the Lord when I was nearly 50, well, it's over 50 years ago, to be honest with you. And why would I not be honest about that? I'm lying to you about that, okay? No. Matthew 6 and 33. Read this right out loud with me. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And what will happen? 
all these things will be given to you as well. Wow. The psalmist says it a little differently. Gave it to us centuries before. Look to the Lord in His strength. Seek His face always. That's always A-L-W-A-Y-S and always A-L-L-W-A-Y-S in terms of time and effort. Number five, feel this in with me on your notes. And beloved, this is very, very important. God's purpose is for us to seek Him above any and all other things. Whoever you are this morning, whether you're old or young or in between, even if you have yet to establish a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, God's purpose for you is that you would seek Him. And listen, I'm not just talking about a pursuit. I think a lot of people may be seeking God in terms of thinking like a pursuit. God is way out there somewhere, and I'm just chasing God. Boogity, 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 boogity. Will you understand this, please? We don't chase God. God chases us, which behooves us to stop whatever we're running after that fellow on the screen a while ago was chasing some filthy lucre, but it, it, it behooves us to stop chasing whatever it is we're chasing. Stop, turn around, and engage the embrace. That's enough to make a Pentecostal have a running fit right there. Are you with me? How many of us today, listen to me young people and young adults, chasing something because the world told us we had to chase that thing, climbing the ladder, taking the next step, and we're pursuing that with every fiber of our being and leaving God, and God's like, will you wait up? We just need to stop and turn around and receive his embrace. And that verse that we just read said, if you will do that, all of that other stuff will be added to you. But no, we got to do it our way. It won't work. It won't work. Have you ever prayed the model prayer? The Lord's Prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It wasn't the Lord's Prayer. It's the model prayer for us to pray. And it begins, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name in the old King James. Then say this with me, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And it goes on to say, on earth as it is in heaven. Can I tell you what I think a lot of people think when they pray that? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in everybody else's life, but not mine. I'm going to do my thing. Getting good up in here. This might be one of you might want to go get the tape and listen to this one again. God's will for born again persons is for us to engage the Great Commission or to, uh, to actually engage His kingdom building work, which is done through the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. That wasn't just for Paul and Barnabas and those guys. That is for us as well. Beloved, that purpose is presented to us in glaring fashion 
in Acts chapter 16. And I'm looking forward to unfolding that in your hearing here uh, in the, the next few days. God's plan was for them to preach the word. But I want you to notice also, let me hit this real quick. God had some specific thoughts about when and where that was to transpire. This is key. Why did God have some specific thoughts about the when and where? Can I say to you, it's really not my business to question God's specifics about when and where. It's my business to put forth every effort to hear from God, to process what I hear, and to fulfill God's specifics. In other words, when I'm headed in this direction and God says, Terry, I hear that. And I process that. And I fulfill that purpose for which He has ordained for me, the steps He has ordained for me on any given day. The question remains, I just talked about it a little bit. I'm being sketchy here on purpose. How do we ascertain what the specifics are? How do we know whether we're to go this way or that way or that way or this way? Forward, reverse. How do we know whether we're to stand on our head or stand on our feet when it comes to spiritual matters? Let me set the tone for you. Matthew chapter 6, we read verse 33. Verse 34 closes the chapter with this challenging, sobering truth. It says this, Therefore, in light of verse 33 and the following verse, or, or preceding verses, do not worry about tomorrow. Are any of you worried about tomorrow? He tells us here not to worry about tomorrow. Why? For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In particular, as it applies to changes regarding our daily spiritual steps. You know what we like to do? We like to get the facts once for all and hone those facts down to perfection and then spend the rest of our lives practicing being a guardian of the same, a guardian of the routine. Here's a fact. God's word, God's truth never changes. Am I right? It never changes. No not ever. The Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is immutable. Doesn't change. Watch this. He doesn't need to. However, every new day, every new day presents us with challenges that can only be met and can only be conquered with today's grace. Are you with me? That means a willingness to learn the pattern of listening for and listening to God. How are you doing with that? You just doing your thing? Or have you developed the pattern of listening for and listening to God? God. Again, Acts chapter 16, just I'm looking forward to getting into that with you. It talks more about that. We'll delve into that next week. There's a, on your study notes, down on the bottom, there's a your thoughts section. 
There's three questions there that we ask you to take home and ponder during your devotional time this week. And it asks this question. I asked it earlier. I'll pose it to you again. Do you believe that God has a plan for your life? Do you believe that? I beg of you to ponder that in the coming days. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. There's uh, additional sessions of this particular teaching. We'll look forward to sharing that with you in the weeks to come. But let me wrap it up tonight by asking you this. Do you believe that God has a plan for your life? Do you personally accept that, that God has a plan for your life? Now, let me suggest to you, there's a lot of misunderstandings about this. A lot of folks start to pursue God. They realize that they cannot, they'll never get out of this world alive, that there is some power, some source, some wisdom that's higher than they are, and they go in pursuit of trying to discover what that is. Many read the Bible in that regard, and they find the Bible difficult to understand. Well, it's not really that difficult to understand if you will connect with a seasoned saint, uh, someone that has a proven track record that has been living by the Word and allow them to help you know and understand how to hear from God. Most people's prayer life consists of this, talking at God, just saying things. They fail to realize that God wants to be in relationship with them. And the way that you learn His purpose, His plan, his will for your life is to spend some time listening for Him. When you purpose to listen for Him, as you read the Word, and as you develop a prayer life, a prayer time of learning to listen, you would be amazed at how God will speak to you. Let me encourage you to give it some time. Don't sit down, take 15 seconds and say, Okay, God, if I don't hear from you, in the next 15 seconds, I'm out of here. Now, a lot of people do. And they do hear from God. Some do not quite, uh, they're not all that serious about it. And in their 15 seconds, they're off to something else. God wants to be in relationship with you, whoever you are. And that's why I'm here, is to be able to convey that or for the purpose of conveying that to you. And I trust that God would help you to know and understand that. Be encouraged to develop a prayer life, a time where you not only talk to God, but you learn to listen for that still, small voice. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now, and I pray and ask in the matchless name of Jesus that each one of us would learn to listen more, talk less, and be involved in and be a part of and to be in receipt of your purpose and plan for our life. Guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And let me tell you about something that's very, very important when it comes to the Bible and the things of God, and that is gathering with the called out ones, gathering with the church, the assembly, the ecclesia, uh, the old uh, Greek uh, brings to us. It's so important. New Life has a regular schedule of activity. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, we gather for praise and worship and fellowship and a time of teaching in the Word. We also have midweek activities Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family, and that might just include you. 
Let me uh, get out of here. My time's completely gone. I am Terry Knight, encouraging you, beloved, to have a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?